Vibes! Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast presented by NBA 2K22. 23 now. Wow. Wow. I did the 2K22 Ooh. intro over 150 times. It got stuck in my head. 2K23 is out. So that means if you've got 2K22, you need to get the updated version. The link is in the bio for NBA 2K23. Now, we're going through every team in the NBA and we're discussing their off-season comings and goings. And today's episode is about the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. But my good friend BJ Armstrong, who's alongside me, when I told him we were discussing those teams, he said, ugh. So we're going to discuss them very quickly. <laughs> in what may be the shortest yeah. ever episode of the Hoop Genius podcast. BJ, thoughts on the Jazz and the Spurs? You know, uh, I, I I was going to take an exceptionally long pause there to... <laughs> well, I was going to say. People would have turned off. I don't know what to say about the Utah Jazz. I don't know what to say. I, I, I think it's clear what they are what they are doing right Tanking. now. Tanking. I think it's clear what they are Tanking. doing. Tanking. They are going in a direction where... You know, Danny Ainge is acquiring, as you know, many executives refer to draft picks now as assets. He's acquiring draft picks. He's acquiring all of these, you know, draft picks, trade exceptions, da da da, to retool, to restock the shed there with 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 talent. So that's no, it's no clear what they're doing. The Spurs, on the other hand. How obvious is this? I guess it worked for them once before with Tim Duncan. I think for them, they're going all in on this kid, Victor. I, I think that's what they, they are doing. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, when, when your when your head coach tells you, says publicly, hey, we're probably not going to win it this year. <laughs> I'm, Don't I'm, bet on I'm, us. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I want to read you the list of the players they've lost and gained, but I just, it's too long. It's too long. Instead, what I'm going to say is because both of these teams are rebuilding, we'll start with the Jazz. Let's go through their roster and you tell me which names stand out to you. So for the Utah Jazz, they've still got Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson, who I believe will be traded at some point. But they start with Mike Conley, Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, Laurie Markkinen, and Kelly Olenek. And then they've got Jordan Clarkson, Talon Horton, Tucker, Jared Vanderbilt, Walker Kessler, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Still got Rudy Gay somehow. They've got Stanley Johnson, Cody Zeller. Are any of those players, players you think they're ever going to keep in the long term? Do you think Colin Sexton and Talon Horton Tucker I, are I, long-term players for the Utah Jazz? I or do you Collins... think they're just one or two years at most? I think Colin Sexton has a chance. You know, I, I, he, he plays hard. You know, you know he's one of those interesting players because he plays hard. I mean, the kid plays extremely hard. I think Laurie Markkinen probably will be there. And I think everyone else is kind of, you know, just kind of wait and see. You know, you're going to get an opportunity to show what you can do. That's for sure. And you never know. You never know you know, how players, especially young players, are going to respond in a situation like this. But I think the kid, Colin Sexton, I think he's interesting because he plays so hard and he he can score. You know, he, he has like that, you got to respect him because he competes. 
on both sides of the ball. So I, I think he will be there. I think the kid Lori Markkinen will be there. And I'm, I'm sure I'm probably missing. I, I, I think it's kind of a wait and see approach. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a wait and see. I think he has talent, but let's see how this talent fits in. You know, we, we were told how good he was out here in LA, but we never got a, a chance to see it. Mm-hmm. So I think there in Utah, he will get his opportunity. I think they will give him a really good look. And then you can kind of go from there. But he, 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 you know, he showed glimpses here, but it was a, it was a very difficult situation out here in LA for any young player uh, playing alongside those veterans. But I think there in Utah, he'll get his fair shake and we'll find out what he really can do. Okay. So for the San Antonio Spurs, looking at their roster, Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Doug McDermott, Keldon Johnson, Yaka Pertle, who's reportedly on the trading block, Josh Primo, Josh Richardson, Jeremy Sohan, Zach Collins, Georgie Cheng. Any of these guys stand out to you from anything you've seen so far? No, I, I think they are in a full mode rebuild situation. I think there's no doubt about it. That's what they're doing. And mm-hmm. I think they are looking to do this in a small market San Antonio through the draft. And I think they're looking long-term and knowing that this is going to be a process. And here we are. That's it's, there's no, you, you can't sugarcoat this one. They are in a full rebuild going through the draft. We're not looking to acquire free agents. We're not looking to acquire in trades. We're looking to go through the draft and we're going to build and have the core of our team come in there, which gives us the best opportunity to keep those players, retain those players, and then move from there. I like Jeremy Sohan, who they drafted this year in the draft lottery. Great, great, great defensive player. And if his offense can come along on the other side of the ball, they may have a special talent. And worst case scenario, you've got a defense specialist along the lines of a Matisse Tybal type player. Or if you can get that three-point shot down, it can be an OG and an OB type player. And if you can add a little bit more to his offense, then I think that was a really solid pick from them in the draft last season. Guys like Zach Collins, Josh Richardson, Jakob Pertzel, Keldon Johnson, I expect to be traded at some point. Same with Doug McDermott. But yeah, they're going all in on Victor Wembanyama. We've spoken about this on this podcast before because we've spoken about how his French team is owned by the San Antonio Spurs' very own Tony Parker. Mm. So that's, that's what's happening with those. There's not too many projections. I want to ask you this, though. Which team will finish at the bottom of the West? Because there can only be one, BJ. There can only be one. Well, the front runner seems like the Spurs. <laughs> yeah. You look at they they look like they are poised. It's like it's going to be a tough season for them. That's going to be a tough. There's no way around it. But however, I think the big prize for them is getting in the draft and w- seeing what they can get. You know, my understanding and talking to scouts and executives is that this is going to be a really good draft, especially at the, at, at the top half of it. And I think the big prize is going to be Victor. Let's, I mean, it's seven, four Henderson as well. There's a couple, yes. there's a few guys now, right. You talk about it all the time, BJ. It's so important for teams to draft players because then you can retain them. And this earlier this week, we've got to discuss this, but the Miami heat retained one of their draft picks in Mr. Tyler Harrow. Right. They gave him a contract, and I want to know what you think of the deal that they gave him. It was a four-year, $130 million extension. 
Four years, how much? 100 and what, 40 million? 130. 130 million. That's wow. Um, wow. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, that's a big number. That's a big number. It is a big a number. Responsibility. It is a big number. However, there is an expected spike in the salary cap in 2025 with a new TV deal. So remember that summer where everyone got paid in 2016. That's what they're imagining is going to happen in 2025. I don't know how that deal is going to work. But the thought is, once this deal kicks in next year, it's only really one year. And then moving forwards, it doesn't take up that much of a percentage of the cap. I think it's five million less than the max extension that he could have got. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you think of that? Well, uh, congratulations to him. I, I, I First of all, congrats. And, you know, I just hope that he can come out and perform to that level and participate and play because with that contract comes a lot of responsibility. Anytime you see these, these young players and he's look, he earned it. He was six man of the year last year. He's a terrific score, terrific player who plays off the dribble, really improved his game. And now that he has the contract now, you know, you got, we're expecting him to come out and do it. So Here's an opportunity for him. You know, I know he missed some time last year in the playoffs with some injuries. And now he has to perform. Now we're expecting him to perform now that the business has been taken care of. And I'm sure the Miami Heat are thinking the same. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. They held off paying him for a while because they were trying to orchestrate trades involving him. And then none of those trades materialized. They signed him to a deal that was done yesterday morning. Um, which is pretty sweet for him. I'm happy for the kid, you know, he's an NBA right. making his money. Go get your bag. As but you now, would say, Mo, get get the what? What do you, what do you say? The bag. <laughs> got a bag of dirt. You know, but now with a great contract comes great responsibility. You're going to have to play some level of defense, my friend. And yes, but ever said he isn't bad defensively. He said in an interview recently, he said, I'm not as bad as everyone thinks. So let's wait and see. If that happens, it's $120 million guaranteed and the other 10 million are in incentives. So it's about 80% of a four-year rookie max. So it's, it's interesting because a lot of people are looking at Tyler Harrow's situation and thinking, is this the same as what Jordan Poole is going to get paid? Because of course, Jordan Poole's going to need a contract extension as well. Do you see the Warriors offering Jordan Poole a four-year 130 million as well? You know, I don't want to get distracted here with the Warriors. And and the reason I say that is just the following. The Warriors won the NBA championship mm-hmm. last year. And when you look at how they won the championship, and I think Jordan Poole was terrific during the regular season, but he had some big games in the playoffs. But, but he, there were some games in there in the finals more where he struggled. Yeah. He struggled. Now, he eventually made a few shots. I remember, I remember, if I remember correctly, he made like a half court shot, which really seemed to get him going. You know, he's yeah. kind of one of those. At the buzzer like for halftime. Yeah. I mean, it would seem to kind of get him going. But they, 
they they struggle with they they he struggled at certain points during that that run there that they had terrific player now he you know he played exceptionally well especially during the regular season had moments and he's a very very good basketball player now the thing that you want to when you start paying these guys are you committing is one what's the market okay and these executives won't say it but we have to say it here what's a tradable contract now for most of these what they call you know players let's say you are a rotational player right around 18 million is what you feel is a tradable contract in today's market mm-hmm. if you're a good player you want a player who can be in your top eight and if you determine that 18 million is kind of the going rate okay with this new television contract coming in i think that is probably moved up to around 30 million now somewhere around there that's probably where it's going to be i don't know but i'm guessing that's probably where the players 30 to 35 million is probably going to be the new if you are what we call a serviceable player in the nba and and that's that's pretty darn good so the warriors are interesting because they won an nba championship so now you're looking at their core, which is Steph, Draymond, and Clay. Clay is coming off of not one, but two, like just, I mean, the injuries he sustained is like, you know, yeah. you, you got an Achilles and you have an ACL. But they but they won. Did you have this kid Wiseman who I mean, I don't know how closely you're watching him, Mo. You're going, hmm. He could be. I like. Could I be. liked what I saw in Japan. I, yeah, you know? he, he, you're saying he could be. Then, and here to me, this is the one that you you like, Mo. I, I say this is why I don't want to be distracted. Wiggins, Wiggins arguably was their second best player last year in the playoff run. Mm-hmm. Without question, on the offensive end. But defensively, Mo, I mean, as much as Draymond gets, and he should get a lot of attention for what he does on the defensive end. No doubt about it. But this kid, Wiggins, okay, he took on some pretty good players (laughs) in that playoff run. Okay, he took on Jason Tatum. He took on Luka Doncic. He took on John Morant. And you're going, Mo, that's pretty good. That's Mm -hmm. pretty good. And he made some big time plays, not only on the defensive end, Mo, offensively, he showed up when it counted. Mm-hmm. So now you're looking at age. You're looking at how to build a team. You are looking at who's going to be the core of your team. And I think when you put all of that in, Mo, this gets very, very interesting and it's very complex. Yeah. Because you have Steph. You have Clay, you have Draymond. That's your core three. But then you have Wiseman, you have Poole, and you have Wiggins. Moody, Kaminga as well. And don't forget about Kaminga. So, Mo, you can't pay everybody. Mm-hmm. And they've won. Yeah. So, I think this organization, 
they've they've drafted incredibly well mm-hmm. they've developed these players give their organization credit give their coaches credit give their scouts all the give those veterans credit for bringing these young guys along however as they say well the business sometimes gets in the way mm-hmm. they're they can't retain everybody mm-hmm. now who or what they're going to do i have no idea but i do know all of those players can't sign there that's right and that's just that's just the fact and reality of the situation it's going to be interesting to see where they go but that kind of deal for Hero sets the benchmark of because I think Hero and Jordan Ball are kind of on the same kind of on the same level you know I would rank them equal so that's kind Mm -hmm. of benchmark so it's going to be interesting to see which teams out there are willing to you know kind of bet that on Jordan Poole. So we're going to have to wait and see. What you're going to have to do is subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you leave a review and a rating because this is another episode. Maybe the quickest episode we've ever done. But regardless, we move. We'll be back tomorrow with more NBA talk. We appreciate all of you guys. Thank you for listening. And unlike the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs this season, get buckets. (laughs)